0: Yes, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Winner's Circle, a podcast brought to you by the Sports Training, where we dive deep into the mindset of professional soccer players. Today's special guest is Adam Ender, Major League, professional soccer player, last played in Sweden. How are you doing today, Adam?
1: Doing very well, thank you. How about yourself?
0: Everything's going great, my man. So, Adam, how is life treating you over there in, in Illinois right now?
1: Northwest Indiana currently, but, yeah, we're bouncing back and forth between Illinois and uh, Indiana. Uh, things are good. Just finished a full day of training, but uh, we're, still, we're still alive. We're still breathing, so can't complain. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I always see you out there grinding every
0: day. You're doing the sessions. Doing yeah. the sessions, and you're also putting in the work yourself, man. How do, you, how do you do it? How
1: do you do it? I'm not the same without it. So in order to stay sane, just, like, keep it moving, uh, I always say, like, if my foot wasn't on that ball that day, then probably not the most pleasant person to be around. So uh, that's sanity, I guess.
0: Makes sense, man. Yeah, so, yeah. Adam, let's let's take it back. Let's take it back to when you first started touching the ball. When was it? How was it?
1: Who introduced you to it? Oh, man. I was probably three, four years old. Um, My family's German, so, like, there's just this – I don't know. I I was infatuated with that as a young kid. And I remember my mother leaving to go with my grandmother, my Oma. And they came back with my first like Dortmund jersey. And then I had like, of course, a Bayern one. And that was like it. And then my older cousin, who I wanted to do everything like him, played. And that that was it. Like four years old, signed up, done. And I never stopped. I never played any other sport. I didn't even look at any other sport.
0: Did you start playing at that age on a team or it was just for fun at that Yeah, it was like, it
1: was, it was town, like just wreck, you know, like every, I think my first, I remember my first practice ever, the coach took like a garbage can, tipped it on its side and that's what we shot on. Like that was a legitimate practice. Oh man. Like swear. That was like, yeah, that was day one. I remember that for sure.
0: All right? Don't you miss those days sometimes?
1: Simpler, it, right?
0: Everything was easy. Everything was simple back in the day.
1: Yeah, there was no money involved or anything, right?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> nothing. No responsibilities. But uh, yeah. Adam, so you started playing around four years old, and then when did you get into the competitive soccer?
1: Uh, eight How or nine. Eight or nine years old was when, like, one of my best friends growing up, like, was playing for a club. and. You know i was doing well like playing for the town or whatever so i just asked him you know like what jersey is that and then went. that was like a legitimate tryout not like what they have now where like everyone makes the team they call it a tryout but you know like they're not gonna say no to that money in that pocket <laughs> like this is a legitimate tryout where you had a number uh you started on monday friday after friday session they start calling out numbers if you made it or not in front of everyone i remember Yeah, it was, like, one of the last, like, three numbers they called for the team to make this club. So,
0: now I I totally agree with you. Now the trials are kind of different,
1: you know? No such thing, But
0: back in the day, Adam, when that was happening to you, did you feel confident going into those trials? No. What was going through your mind as an eight- or
1: nine-year-old kid, if you can remember? I had nerves. Just so nervous about not wanting to fail. I mean, that, like. I don't think that thought really leaves human, no matter the age. So, like, I do remember being just so nervous day one and Friday when they were calling numbers, not wanting to, like, be left out in front of all these people. Or it seemed like a lot of people. There was probably, like, 20, like, max.
0: (laughs) Yeah, at that age, you don't want to be embarrassed, right? You don't want to be singled out in front of everybody.
1: Right, right. And, yeah, just the relief. I remember, like, the distinct relief. Of being called and like okay like this is something new like wow okay this is different now
0: so once you once you heard your number be called you made the the team now what you felt you felt a relief and first day of practice on that you already made the team how was that
1: ah i don't kind of like happy to be there probably not very good you know like I, i i don't think i was ever this like crazy player like throughout my youth. it I started blossoming like more maybe like 15, 16 year old. Like I, It took forever for me to grow like you know, I mean just being a kid, you know, so you see it I see it so many t- times over now, you see yourself in so many of the players that you are fortunate enough to work with now, you know, so it's almost like I forget things about my youth until I see it kind of in front of me. And I was like, oh yeah, I used to do that too. But like, it's hard for me to yell at someone when it's like, man, I see myself in you. But oh, like,
0: man, makes sense. You,
1: wanna, you wanna like smack them because, you know. It,
0: yeah, it's that, you. that makes total sense. Cause I know I've come across some some kids that are maybe nine, 10 years old and they're a freaking beast. They, can, yeah. they train like little pros. They're like super focused all the time. But then on the other side of the spectrum, you have these kids that they're naturally good, naturally talented, but they don't want to be there. They're just uh, whatever, half-assed and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, what type of player would you have considered yourself back then?
1: Uh, hard um maybe not as technical. That came, like I said, a little bit later on when a different trainer came into my life. Uh. I think I only spent that particular team with those coaches and trainers. I only spent like maybe a year or two and then they up and left. So they took all of the parents' money and just dipped. Wow. And then this entire club was left without a coaching staff. And then that's when this coach and trainer came in and just like completely shaped who I was and am as a player to this day. Uh, he was with me from the age of nine until 18 like training me but I mean I just had a meeting with him three weeks ago like this guy is you know it, it's deep with him I went to that man's father's funeral you know yeah. he calls me his son you know it's it's deep and that's how but it started with him training me and he taught me everything technique everything
0: before before you started training with him, you mentioned that you would you considered yourself a hardworking
1: kid, yeah. hardworking
0: player. Where do you think that was born from? Do you think that was just natural instinct? Did you see somebody growing up that was also a hard worker that influenced you? What do you think that was?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I would say it's like probably then I'd be like, yeah, it's because I was uh, we're German, you know, we, we work hard, you know, uh, probably that, you know, like. Just the influential people in my life. Yeah, I probably got it from that. And I was just like a, like bullish. Like I was short. I just wanted to like get in in the way of things. <laughs> like, you know, just like not very technical, but I was just like, I wanted to get after it all the time.
0: And now this trainer came along. And you yeah. said he, he really impacted your life and on the, the soccer standpoint. Did he also influence you in other parts, of, areas of your life?
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I just met with him three weeks ago that guy is i hadn't seen him for over five years and without thinking or thought or anything that was going on in the world currently the first was a hug Mm -hmm. you know it was uh it was like no time had elapsed and what do
0: you think what do you think impacted you the most uh let's maybe fast forward to when you started blossoming as a player around 15 between fifteen and seventeen years old, what do you think impacted you the most um, training under him
1: uh professionalism uh, how to carry yourself um, yeah those things just man he looking back, I know everything was from playing or something like that, but it it was like it went off the field. it felt like I spent so much time with him that. You know, it was whatever was said on the field, it translated in some way to life. And he was by no means a perfect person, you know, but yeah, I just hold him in a very high regard. And respect was a huge thing for him. He demanded respect from everyone. And that was something I learned right when he came in at like nine years old. And to this day, the utmost for him, you know.
0: I think that's amazing that you mentioned that because you were lucky enough to have a mentor figure in your life for those important years, you know, as a soccer player, but also as a, as a human being. And, you know, just listening from you saying that, just how much he impacted you both on and off the field, that's huge. Now, for some of those days, let's say that you didn't have any contact with, would, would he be present in your mind when you were do, doing
1: certain activities? Like in recent years?
0: or in recent years
1: and your teenage years oh yeah absolutely like man uh, you know you would have to like go you'd be away for like two three months from your club playing high school or something and like yeah oh my god i wish i could uh if i could do it over i would have never gone and played high school i would just stay with him you know he would always say to me or he would always say You going to play in high school, you're taking 10 steps back. And then when you come with me, you know, I got to build you back up because you're just missing that for three months. You know, I try and you need to go where uh, like to the players now you need to go where you feel like you fit best with the coach and you feel as though you can learn. And like you said, have that mentor. Like it doesn't matter the team or maybe the quality at certain ages maybe when you're younger you know don't worry so much about that but find a good fit for you and like that will help you grow
0: exactly exactly no i think it's super important that players kids go learn under somebody that they feel comfortable with because a lot of these coaches a lot of coaches have the same exact message but it's the way it's delivered that for some people it's actually going to click you know what i mean you and i can you and i can be saying the same thing to some certain kid but you know he's gonna listen to you more just because he likes i don't know your hair or something right he's He's gonna pay attention right oh but it's in in and the hard part is is finding those coaches or finding those mentors yeah but that's that's awesome man that's awesome to hear so around those teenage years when did you feel that you kind of were like man i'm actually good at this sport I'm gonna pursue it. Like I wanna, I wanna be somebody in this. Um, that age. When
1: was it? Maybe like eighth grade, going into freshman year of high school. I probably had a bigger chip on my shoulder than I should have. This trainer demanded a ton of respect, and you know, I, I meant, I touched on professionalism, and that maybe came later. But like, I had a pretty, I had an attitude. Like, it developed probably from me thinking I was really good or whatever it may be. But I just had this chip on my shoulder that, you know, uh, everyone was pretty much like out to get me or I needed to prove everyone wrong. or And that developed like in high school for sure. And that's probably where I kind of like lost it for a little bit just because I was so arrogant kind of. And it was all about me and what I was doing rather than performance for the team or you know something along those lines so you, yeah like
0: why do you think that what do you think that happened for you? Were you just falling out every time you stepped on the field?
1: That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to like go out and i just it just like wasn't a very good it wasn't a very uh i guess healthy situation throughout like high school years playing for the high school I was at. And uh, anytime I went there, it was just like, you know, everyone was kind of, we had an extremely good school in the four years I played, extremely good team every year. But, you know, I was just like, I'm doing this for me. I don't really care. Mm -hmm. And I think another mistake was, I wanted to make varsity as a freshman and that happened for me. And then after that, it was like, I don't have anything else, like I'm good. I set out, like, for my personal goal, regardless, like, I didn't want to win it, like, whatever. That was all bonus. Whatever the team did, Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's where I kind of, like, got away from who I was as a, a kid. I was still a kid then, but, you know. So you
0: had, it, seem, it seems like you had kind of a more individualistic mindset back in the day.
1: Yeah. That, oh, yeah. And yeah, like it I said, does,
0: I, it has its pros and cons. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All the energy is just focused on you. And at that time, obviously you want to grow, you want to be the best you can be. You know, you're just, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Um, funny, I was
1: telling that story yesterday or two days ago to a player I was working with. They asked me the same question. Like, how were you in high school? And I was like, the worst. (laughs) Like, literally the biggest prick. And Yeah. yeah. I don't know where it came from, to be honest. but.
0: So once you became a senior, freshman year, senior year, what do you think changed for you as a as a person, as a player? What was the biggest change <laughs> Nothing. that you
1: <laughs> No, you uh, stayed the same? As a senior, I wasn't, like, the most studious person. So I just remember, like, um, everyone talking about schools they were going to and me just being like, that's boring. Like, I really don't want to do that. You know, and, um, it was kind of like this point of like, well, the guy's counselor was like, uh, you might want to take that SAT again, you know, or something like that. And I'm like, ah, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't really care. And, were
0: just uh, focus on playing.
1: Yeah. For the most part, like I was skipping school pretty much. Like I would literally, cause I, a senior, I'm driving to school. I would literally just walk out the door. I don't feel like being <laughs> here. So, um. Yeah, I kind of like put myself in a position where I needed to do something and one and it was like this moment or not really a moment but it was I've been doing one thing my entire life that I enjoy so like why not pursue it and you know like the trainer that I had was also trying to get me to go to certain places and I mean my parents were awesome like they said if you can find a way we support you and did my research, I mean like I called, you've been down like that road before, like calling any and everyone, calling Italy, like out of nowhere, like.
0: So that's so interesting that you mentioned that because you thankfully had these people around you that were kind of like, I don't, go. If, if you can figure yeah. out a way, go do it. There's a lot of players that I've come across that either guidance counselor, um, parents or family members or whatever, like, no, but you have to, you know, figure out a plan B, you have to figure out a plan C, and all And of course, you know, in the back of our minds, there is a plan B, there is a plan C, but, you know, the plan B is like, oh, if I can't play in Italy, I'll play in Sweden. If I can't play in Sweden, I'll yeah. play in Belgium, you know, or anywhere. That That's like the plans, right? In our minds, the soccer players. That's interesting that you had that support around you. Do you think that really helped you push push forward in that?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. Like if they would have been like, you have to go to school. I don't really know where I'd be. (laughs) I really don't. I probably, I know I wouldn't have made it or I wouldn't have finished, but from there, I don't know. You said there's always a plan B in the back. I never had a plan B. There was never, I never thought what I was doing was wrong or different from other people in any way. Mm -hmm. And that was, Literally due to my support system because they never told me it was wrong. I didn't know any better at 17, 18 years old. I, uh, I knew this one thing that I wanted to do and no one told me otherwise. Not that's, one family member, not, not the trainer, not anyone.
0: That's so interesting. So, that's so interesting you say
1: that. Yeah. So like I, plan B or plan C was, didn't even exist
0: so when you were in high school and you saw you know all your classmates around you talking about college talking about this and that you kind of were like oh good for them i'm still focusing on my thing you didn't even think twice
1: i just kept my mouth shut that's awesome
0: that was it that's
1: interesting
0: that's interesting Uh, i can remember like
1: specific problems yeah because
0: that requires a lot of like focus up here man because like in anything in anything that you do you have people coming at you from all angles, throwing in whatever BS or anything at you. And you're kind of like, it it sometimes makes you think, but you, it it seems like you didn't, you didn't have that uh, much of a problem with it.
1: No, I I think I've always been a pretty, um, just introspective person. So like, I just keep to myself and I kind of just find, I find comfort in like being in silence and like being in my own space. So yeah, as far as like people telling me I can't do something or, you know, I'm doing this and that, I'm not easily influenced in that stuff by any means. You know, if I have an agenda, that's it. I don't think that that comes just from me. Like you said, like you touched on that support system. That comes from that. Like you need to have that bit of backing that, hey, whatever you feel like doing, is cool as long as it like works or it like makes sense clearly we don't need you
0: and what would you say to those players that let's say that they don't have that support system i think it would go back to what you mentioned earlier of finding that mentor finding that coach
1: yeah find it reach out my god like instagram or like i try and message everyone back that reaches out regardless of what it is and i'm sure you're the same and i know joe and all these other people that we interact with you know reach out like it doesn't hurt to try and like i'd imagine sometime they'll they will get back to you Totally agree. you know i have people on my phone just from instagram that i don't even train but they just want to talk and that's fine you know
0: yeah, you meet so many people in the social media world now, man. Yeah, and it's crazy. That's probably the best spot to find that mentor, find that coach, social media.
1: Absolutely, 100%. You don't have to move.
0: Yeah. Video calls, so. phone calls, voice yeah. messages, text messages, anything. Trust me, anybody listening, it it, it helps a lot. It helps yeah. tons. Yeah. So Adam, let's, let's keep going. So once you realized at senior year or before that, that you just wanted to play, you mentioned that you started doing your research, started making phone calls. How did you get to that point? Like, did somebody tell you this is what you have to do or you just figured it out on your own?
1: Google, just started Googling things, um, Looking up tours, looking up uh, agencies, companies, agents. Coaches, camps, anything that had something football related in Europe, I was just looking at. I would look up club emails, like I was just emailing like the general like info at suchandsuchclub.com. You know, like, hey, can I get a a try? You know, like I didn't know anything.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know,
1: so yeah, just random emails, random phone calls, and
0: when did it finally click for you what what connection did you make what trial did you go to that finally like the door opened Uh, how long did it i don't even know
1: i really don't know the time period uh i don't even want to say the company because i don't even know if they exist anymore but uh a company you know they have ton of these now but like a company you sent in like i don't even think i have maybe i had like high school highlights but you send in a tape or like uh, your CV and they would review it, you know, and then um, they would say, like, oh, yeah, well, like we'll take you to Germany or something. And it was one of those things. You pay like a month, one month fee. And then if you get signed up or if you get signed by a club, then, you know, they continue like negotiating with you or something like that. I don't know exactly how it all played out. But it was one of those.
0: Okay. And where did that where did that uh company take you? Or where did you end so up? So I growing? went to
1: Germany. I went to Germany, I was 18, 19 years old, going to Nuremberg, and I got put in a flat with like seven other players. And it was like bunk beds, like a three bedroom and bunk beds, one kitchen, one washer, you know. Just roughing it, so yeah, I was in uh, a flat with like, like I said, six or seven other just complete strangers. And And how how was that
0: experience for you? Like, what was going through (laughs) your mind? Must have been like, I mean, you know, the German culture was obviously in your family, but just being in a, you know, new country with total strangers. Yeah. What were you Uh,
1: thinking? I mean, first night, like complete, like mental breakdown. Like, what is going on? And then. There was one particular player who's a fair. He he was quite a f- bit older than I was, and he had been there for a little bit longer than I have, or I mean, a lot longer than I have. And we kind of instantly like made a connection, a friendship, and like one of the first few days or weeks that I was there, he said that there's a distinct difference between missing home and being homesick, and that like clicked. Once he like said that to me, he that was it. It was like I was able to kind of like go anywhere after that. How did yeah. it click?
0: How did it? How and why did it click? What do you think it was?
1: Just the way that he worded that. I mean, it's it makes you think. It doesn't make sense right away, but if you you sit and think about it for a little while, it, it, you start to break things down, and it's like you can. You can miss things about being home, your family, your friends, your dog, but you're not physically ill. You're not losing sleep. You're not, you can't, it's not like you're not eating every day Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because you miss it so much. And you're right. I was still, I was playing football. I was happy playing. It was those downtime when I was like, man, I wish I was, you know, but everything else was sweet. If I was playing, so that was something that it kind of changed my attitude about that being sense. there.
0: No, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I like that. I like, I like that you mentioned that because it's, it's super important. I think it's, it's needed for players to at least one time in their life travel outside of their comfort home or comfort zone um, and experience that because It's gonna it's gonna really help you mature in so many ways and support.
1: Oh yeah. I remember being off the field. Yeah, I remember the first team I trialed with. There was a a player there who he played for I forgot who it might have been Nuremberg's, like so they were in the Bundesliga and second for a while, you know, and he was in their youth squad and they I think they wanted him to go like U twenty threes or something. I don't know. Like he was progressing well and he was from somewhere outside and he was like I don't want to be away from my family and I was like yo like I would literally die for that and you're worried about being two hours away from your family I'm 5,000 miles away homie. like and I, that like moment that was another like distinct moment where I was like I got like one up on some people just because how far away I am and like I'm doing all right, you know? Yeah. So that was another one of those moments.
0: And then after, Adam, you were in Germany. When did you finally sign that first contract? When and where and how old were
1: you? Yeah, it was there. Here's that part where, like, you need to be comfortable where you're playing. And the first club I was training with, I got along great with the team, the coaches, everything. And, you know, they were – not the highest level, but I felt comfortable there. And then the company took me to another, another club that was, you know, a few leagues higher. And I was like, Oh yeah, like, okay, we're getting to where I like need to be. And they liked me as well, but I did not feel as welcomed at that club, but because they were in a higher division, I ended up going with them and it was a mistake. Like, in retrospect, it was definitely a mistake. I didn't know any better because in my head, it was I'm closer to where I want to be by signing with this club rather than looking at kind of the situation.
0: So how was life when you felt that you weren't welcomed? Like, if you could touch on to how it was on the field, what went through your mind when you left practice, when you were at home?
1: Oh, man, it was, yeah, it was. I mean, it was a train. pretty, it was a decent hike to training from where I lived. You know, it was like a bus, two bus rides and a train. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was getting back late, lonelier than when I first arrived in the country, you know. And, uh, you know, I felt settled in where I was living. But, yeah, as soon as, you know, every day that I'd go to training, it was like, damn, I got to do that again. Like, you know, it kind of took the joy away. And how long, how long were you in Germany after that? That didn't last too long. You know, I was there for maybe five or six months. What did you go after? I went, came back to the United States for a bit. Then I went back to Germany. It was a lot of like back and forth, you know, finding a club, playing, you know, coming back to the States, going back playing again for another club, you know, it was just a lot of that. And it probably wasn't until, you know, I went to, you know, I had an opportunity playing in Austria as well. That was another thing that just, like, was offered something and then was meant to come back for the next season and then things didn't materialize. Um, And it wasn't until, you know, I was like, all right, enough is enough. And then, like, Joe Soccer Visa came up.
0: And you you just touched on something very important, man. Just the whole back and forth, you know, for the players listening, yeah. it it's not it's not an easy journey. It's like no. you can be balling out, but doesn't mean one club's gonna sign you to like a three year contract and you're gonna be living good. No, and, absolutely um, not. That's that's the thing. Like players gotta be willing to go through the bullshit. Yeah. Because there is yeah a lot, there is a lot of BS that happens.
1: Yeah, there are so many, like I touched on before we started this. I try and give so much to the players I train or work with now that I don't want that life for them. (laughs) You know, like, the things that I experienced and went through, I don't want that for them. I'm like, go to school. Like, do not. (laughs) (laughs) Do not. You know, like that's definitely one thing that no one speaks about and because i don't think anyone really wants to experience that stuff or uh you know i said i still believe i'm living out of a suitcase you know uh i don't feel like i'm permanently anywhere to be honest and that stems from 18 19 years old packing it for the first time
0: yeah yeah Makes sense. So when you had that opportunity to play out in, in Austria, um, it didn't work out. You came back, went to soccer visa, and then, and then what happened after that?
1: Uh, soccer visa was in Danbury. And yeah, I met Joe. Uh, I think they sent me to Iceland the first time. And yeah, that didn't go well. I remember the first day in Iceland, the coach picked me up and he's like, yeah, I'll take you to lunch. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, nice. Like, this is cool. And then (laughs) we get to the bill and he asked for like separate checks and I'm like, all right, man. Yeah. Like, I see where this is at. And then, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, from that moment, literally the first full day I was there, that attitude was like screw this guy, man. Like literally, um, he was late to pick me up and then that, and I was like, that guy doesn't want me here. Why am I here? Like, why you know? But, you know.
0: It just goes back to that that feeling right. You have to feel good wherever you are. If it doesn't feel right, you know, chances are that if you keep forcing it, it's not gonna work out at the end.
1: Yeah, and I think, I don't think that I really realized that or found my, like, comfort or my situation until, I was 25, 26. Yeah, that was everything for me.
0: When and where did you finally find that comfort? And what led you to finally, finally centered, like I'm at peace here, this is what I want to do. You're at the right club, you're in the right environment. You know, leading up to that moment, what was going through your mind? What were you thinking about? Did you ever think about like leaving the game? Anything that was going through your mind that you can remember?
1: Oh man, did I ever think about leaving the game? absolutely uh i had i would open or i had opened up my notes in my phone and i had probably written out like two or three like letters breaking up with i would i would word it as like a uh toxic relationship you know like breaking <laughs> up with playing and i don't know for whatever yeah it was it was literally the moments before that season in portugal where I finally felt like fully invested in something, in a team, in a coach, and where I was.
0: What part of Portugal were you playing in?
1: Algarve. So the southern southern coast.
0: And it was a completely new culture, environment, and how would you feel? Well, I'd
1: been in Portugal the season before with a club more cent- more centrally located, and that was another, like, you know... I don't know how long, eight months I was there. And that was another just not so great situation either. It just, it was like a, things would go well and then it would go, it would turn sour pretty quick. Or, and that was like how it went. Or I would describe that as majority of my times. You know, things start really well and then you start to see people's true intentions or colors and then you learn about the game and the business more and more and you start to see it for what it is pretty fast and right away in, you know every situation so it kind of tainted it for me for a while and it still does you know you're going through that road that difficult journey
0: being on the ups and downs, playing in different places, not feeling you know right or sometimes feeling good. You know, some players are gonna experience that and then some players are lucky to just have everything click right away. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it's interesting to hear all the experiences that you went through because that kind of shapes you into the person that you are right now today, you know, sitting in this in this room. Right. It's it's important that you also are able to share that story and that experience with other players. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that just shows, that just shows how strong of a mindset you have. Like, look, I went through all this BS. This is what I experienced. This is what was going through my mind. This is how I dealt with it. And this is how I moved on from it.
1: Yeah. I, I describe it a lot as playing, playing as your career or your career as a player is such a selfish road. Every decision, every everything is based on you. Everything, you know, you, you've missed you miss funerals, you miss weddings, you miss birthdays um, for you. And then, you know, to be able to even train one player or speak to one person is it helps it come full circle. Like at least it was for something in the end. I guess, exactly. or, you know, I'm not saying it is the end, but who knows, you know, at least I, at least I can help one person out.
0: Exactly, exactly. No, I totally agree with you. So Adam, uh, just to wrap things up, I'd like to finish
1: with a few, que- a few questions for you. This is this like rapid fire? It's going rapid fire, right? Yeah, no,
0: not, not that rapid fire. <laughs> Three questions. So, my first right. question for you, my man, is what is your definition of being a winner?
1: Damn. You got to hit me with a heavy one right away? Right away. <laughs> a winner. Are we speaking winner in life or what?
0: Whatever whatever you think it is. Your definition.
1: I, well, I immediately – well, one, I – I mean, we're all competitors here. I automatically go to – you got to win that match, that, that 90 minutes, whatever it takes, that war. And then I also go to in life in general and just speaking on that. And I think finding your passion and, and taking that as deep as it goes, I think you'll feel the most fulfilled. And I think being fulfilled is winning in life.
0: Next question for you is what three things would you give as advice to players seeking to play professionally
1: attitude 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 wait remove one attitude and put in just mental fortitude
0: and how would they work on their attitude and mental fortitude
1: probably the wrong person to ask no i'm just kidding Uh, (laughs) yeah i don't know that that's like um everyone's different everyone responds differently to different way people talk to you, like you said, we could say the same thing, but just because of one little thing about you versus me, someone responds differently. Man, that's, that's a question that I'm still kind of searching for that answer myself.
0: It makes you think. And I think that's super important, you know, for, for some players, they probably, you know, come across all these messages or videos or pictures or articles about how they need to be as people or as players to be a certain way or to get to a certain level, right? And right. sometimes the best way to learn is either one through experience or two through somebody else's experience.
1: I think that, but that attitude, you need to have the correct attitude in order to listen to someone else's experience. So that's where that kind of plays in.
0: 100%, my man. My last question for you. If you could, what advice would you give to a 13-year-old Adam?
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, don't be a prick. Uh, Stop trying to get in fights on the field. Listen to your elders.
0: Well, my man, thank you so much for your time. It was awesome hearing you and your experiences. I wish you the best of luck over there in the Midwest. Keep grinding. (laughs) I appreciate it keep doing what you're doing and for everybody listening guys just to remind you this is the winner circle by grande sports training we are available on apple podcast and spotify if you haven't subscribed yet subscribe now give us a good rating i hope to see you guys soon thank you